You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. In this episode of Carly's Couch, Couch? In this episode of Carly's Couch, we discuss anger and how to stop being so angry. Grr. Like you said anger, but that is kind of how anger feels. Hey y'all, how y'all doing today? That's not how it feels to me. It can. It may be like a low growl. To me, anger feels like uh, heat, mm. and it feels like a uh, it feels like a uh, like a hole in your chest, kind of too. Like um, like the kind of anger I'm talking about, where you're like really in your soul, angry, or like you know really. Um, like chronically angry over something mm-hmm. um, where like things trigger it or like that's kind of just how you see the world through that lens after a while. Um, yeah, I feel like that just feels, it feels like it's eating at you, literally, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, like a seeding, that's like that deep-seated, like eating at you is a great way, I think, to put that for like the type of um, anger that's always there or kind of like below the surface, it sounds like. Yeah. I was thinking like acute anger when it's like a flash, like Ugh, like a frustration or a growl. Mm-hmm. To me, that's how like acute I anger feels. Yeah, I just I don't even know what acute anger is because like if I'm if I'm, well no, I I just wouldn't call it that. But like if I'm angry, I'm like I am really angry. Um, anything else, I'm not sure. But like if I, yeah, there's def- definitely levels. I'm not saying like. It's, it's only one or nothing, but um, trying to think of an example of what a quick thing would be, and I don't think I would call that anger for me unless it's, like, really, like, I really do feel, like, upset. Yeah, the last one I can think about was I got into it with one of my classmates, um, oh, and it wasn't even, yeah, that probably wasn't even anger. I wouldn't even say that either. Um but he had me messed up. Like, he came at me sideways, and that was the last time. Like, situational flash. anger. Yeah, it was, like, situational. Like, that yeah, thing happened. Situ- then I let that shit go afterwards. But yeah, situ- situational anger, for sure. Like, I um, he's only, like, one of my friends that I've gotten really, like, upset with. And that's because, like, they completely, like, embarrassed me on a client call. And I called them, and I was like, I was like, don't you ever, ever embarrass me like that. Like, I was, like, mad. I was angry. Like, I just, like, exploded on them. And I was, like, I don't even, I've never, at that point, I was, like, I've never even done that to no guy or anything like that before, um, like, in a relationship and things like that. So, like, that's how I, like, I knew I was angry. Um, I've had a, a work partner call me one time, and, like, all of a sudden I just started screaming, like, and my voice was, like, shaking. So, for me, um, if I'm expressing and if, if I'm really feeling angry in, like, a situational type of con- context, and uh, I'm expressing that like it, it really just comes out as like uncontrolled, um, very loud and and abrasive. I would say, um, but for me, chronic anger um, is a little bit different because it almost becomes like a lifestyle. So like I'm not walking around per se like yelling like that, but I might be. Well, I am probably walking around being slightly on edge or like Mm -hmm. a little irritable, maybe more irritable than the next person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we all have seen and know people um, in pop culture in real life where it's like, you might be like, Hey, have you having a good day? And they're like, 
why would I be having a good day? Or like, why are you so chipper? Or like, you know, mm-hmm. like those type of people. Sometimes when you're like that, that it's almost like you're living in an angry place. Um, so that's really kind of what I wanted to uh, have us talk about today because um, recently I realized like that I was still holding on to some anger that I didn't think I was. Like, you know, for the most part, um, I feel like I'm pretty nonchalant or, you know, chilling and that I was – uh, not affected by a particular situation. And then as soon as um, I was uh, talking to this person, I was in their face the other day and like everything just made me like, I was just irritable. Like I didn't yell at them or scream at them, but you know how it is when you start like pulling up old stuff or like your brain just like transforms into like, uh, like Ash catching me, turn his head around. <laughs> My brain was like, time to get petty. And, like, everything, I was, like, I was, like, all right. And afterwards, I was, like, I felt come back. I was, like, dang, like, because they weren't trying to do that, I don't think. And they were, like, okay, you know, just talking to me, like, okay, I'm, you know, whatever, I understand. But, like, they, it, it all just came from me is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Um, so I was, like, damn, I felt kind of bad. But also I was, like, you know, I should be angry. But, like, also, like, how do you how do you get rid of that? Because I didn't want to be angry. I wasn't, that wasn't my intent. I was, you know, I thought I was just going to be catching up or whatever. But I just got filled with anger. Um, so yeah, that's why I want to talk about that. Like different situations where, um, you could just have that anger has just grown inside of you. What's another kind of space where people may can identify with that kind of anger? Um, it can be trauma induced. I think a lot of times like chronic, like that underlying anger that can cause you to lash out or can the kind of, the one you said that just kind of like eats at the surface, but it's always there, but puts you a little on edge, makes you more irritable. Um, and you kind of start to define yourself by that, like, oh, she be going off on folks or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that situations that cause trauma have done that, but also thinking about structural systems. So like racism, poverty, like things like Mm -hmm. that can also put you in situations where you have this probably rage in the moment or things about the system that you probably feel like you can't change or you just see how it affects you and your loved ones and start to kind of carry that around. It's almost like a chip on your shoulder a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that always makes um, things layered when, like, we live in America where there, you know, maybe something happens that's a display of, um, I don't know, inappropriate police force or racism or whatever, and then everybody kind of collectively, like, you're angry in that moment, but also imagine, like, how that builds and builds and builds to where, yes, when you're walking around, you do feel some kind of way if you see police or you expect or might see through a lens of, um, I'm not respected or whatever things that it's like it's true, but also how unfortunate that we have to be so angry about it all the time, right? Like, but but that's also what's real. So in in these kind of spaces, it's like how do you change it, or should you even? I think that's maybe one of the first things I would say. Like, is there anything wrong with being angry, and especially in those cases of a situation where somebody really hurts you or systems really got you messed up or um your water your water you can't drink in your city and like you know whatever's going on right things that might give you a right to be angry but should you be or is it always like a move on let it go forgive it no and as as a move on let it go forgive type of person like anger is very healthy it's a healthy Mm -hmm. emotion and it's necessary I don't think great change has ever been made without that spark of anger. And so I think it's important, um, especially when thinking about structural things or even toxic relationships or situations, you know, to better your life and better the lives around you is necessary. I think the issue is, is it's a perceived negative emotion 
And usually we get in trouble mm-hmm. when we have angry outbursts because we're never taught how to deal with anger. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the issue is anger is not bad. It's just we don't really know how to deal with it. Mm, so then I would say feeling angry isn't bad. But then what about being angry the next week about it or the next month or whatever? Like at what point is it do you still need to do something or figure out something? We're human. And so I think like if I say, man, you know, I'm gonna give you three days to process structural racism and then you can't be <laughs> can't be mad no more. doc. OK, mm-hmm. that's crazy because it's still happening and it's ongoing. So it'd be unrealistic to put mm-hmm. a timeline on our emotions. Plus, we're all different, like different things affect us in different ways. And you might have seen more that makes you more more angry mm-hmm. um, and being in different situations. And so I think however long it takes you to process is OK. I think the issue like when it becomes a problem is whenever it does start to eat away at you. Like there's mm-hmm. a quote from the Buddha is like, being angry is uh, like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get hurt from it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like anytime you hold on to those things that start to tear you apart, like that's when it becomes problematic. Yeah, I think it is healthy to be angry against uh, particular systems and, you know, people being hurt or held back or not treated fairly, et cetera. And I'm always so conflicted, though. Like I even um, yesterday listening to uh, School of Greatness uh, Eric Thomas was on there, and I was like, oh, Eric Thomas always, you know, got to, he's going to inspire you. He, but also, I started to kind of feel some kind of way, because when people do say things like, you know, you do, you live in America, like, yes, things are messed up, but you do live in America, like, you can still do things, take advantage of you, move through it, all of that, and it's like, yeah, you can, but also, like, do you have to put in the context of also, you know, yes, it's been made hard, and whatever, and you know, I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to find that line between how things are and how you should be able to move, you know, if they were different or, or how things should be. Um, and so I think it, it's a very thin line. Like, we're going to be angry. In a place like this, like, you have to be angry to a point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can manage it. You can, in the case of something um, like racism and all of those things you were talking about, you can... I don't know. I don't even think that means you have to help anything or do anything, mm-hmm. but like you have to manage it in order to like move through life because what happens is like there's still this perpetual like wall you're you're kind of putting yourself up against to where you kind of can't do more and it's I don't know. I think it's just unfortunate um that anger holds you back even if you have a right to be angry. Exactly. And that's the hard part, right? Is like if you keep that stress and that anger and that heaviness in your body and are always like, and like reacting in certain ways and lashing out on people like that really hurts you. Like, yes, you do have, you're justified in your anger for whatever situation. You know what I mean? You don't have to explain your emotions, Mm -hmm. but it's like, how are they affecting you? And I like your point. You don't even have to help nobody else or try to change nothing. But you know, if it's, if it's disempowering you and keeping you from being your best self or hurting your family and your friends, like if you're always lashing out, you know what I mean? And doing stuff to them, like, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed, but how do we get there, right? So we're, we have a right to be angry, um, but now we're carrying around all this poison and this anger inside. It's like, But you mentioned um, something that I think can take into a, another different direction and think about as well is um, why that chronic anger is so bad because it does disempower you. I think that word's very important. It also can paralyze you. So not thinking about, you know, the world or what other people are doing against you. um, A lot of times chronically angry people, if you're angry, regardless of what it's coming from, right, which wherever it's coming from is probably valid. But um, a lot of times you're when you're chronically angry, that's really kind of like you having your guard up, um, being extra protective 
and you're not asking yourself like the tough questions or you're not facing certain things. Um, and so being angry is kind of a distraction instead of really looking at um, a particular situation or what's going on with you and your situation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it disempowers you in that and being angry, you're never, you're never looking at yourself and progressing in any way because it's, it's all like outside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then paralyzing you because like, again, you're not really looking at things and you're reacting and you're not progressing forward because you're not like, okay, this person did this. Like, I'm really angry about this and not making any change or move of like, what, what else is going to be different or what are you going to change? Even if that's like, okay, so let me block their number or, um, you know, just doing something different or trying to move forward. Yeah, and very, like, on a very physical level, being angry puts you in fight or flight because most of the time, like, it's such a visceral reaction is to protect you. But what happens when your body stays in that is you start to get sick. Like, it Mm -hmm. affects your sleep. It affects, like, your clarity of thought. Like, you have cloudy vision, essentially, and, like, how you're moving forward in your work. So it literally starts to mess up everything else, which sucks because a lot of times we're not the own catalyst of our anger. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, you need to process it so that it doesn't start to have this ripple effect out into the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And in those times where you are like chronically angry, not in outburst mode, but even if you're just by yourself and you're like, you're ruminating or you know how you just be mad. Like I know I've uh, had like whole combos in my head before. Like, Oh, they say this, I'm gonna say this. And it's like, you're making the whole thing up, making yourself mad over what you think they might say. Or even if you were right, it's just like, why are you, you're in such a space of like being controlled um, by something. And it does. That's why I described it the way I did at the beginning, because that flight and fight, flight or fight. And that adrenaline is what like that feels like when it's like tight and all Mm -hmm. in your body. Um, And yeah, I noticed that even in times of maybe anger or just high stress, anxiety is similar to where you do feel drained and you feel like you're tired, but it's because you are doing too much in your body um, and your mind probably. Um, you're doing too much. So like, yes, you're low performing. And that's what we're saying by like kind of making yourself in a cycle of like, you don't really get out into a more productive space when you are kind of stuck in being drained over, over anger. Mm-hmm. And so I like the, the references to the body. Cause I think that's the first thing that I, that usually happens when I know I'm angry. Like you said, tightness of chest. I might have a little Arthur fist, like be clenching my hands or my jaw, a little furrow in my brow, like looking at somebody crazy because I do my like it's hard for me to catch my facial expressions. I'm really good about pausing before I say things, mm-hmm. but my face sometimes be real messed up when somebody said like, "Huh?" Uh, so just looking at how it manifests in your own body is like the first line of defense, um, and then also thinking about you know how on edge you do feel. I think that for the chronic anger or, or like the signs that you might be holding on to stuff that's a little bit deeper, it's like, are you all good? And then, you know, in traffic, somebody cut you off and then you fly off the handle at them. Like that could be unreleased anger or, you know, somebody bumps into you and now you're trying to brawl on the street. Like what's going on? Yeah. It's always easier as usual to see to other people when you like say something to them and they kind of go off. Um, but for sure, I would say like some signs that you might be, it might be underlying anger Um, A lot of these emotions, though, I think are very interconnected, but um, it might kind of be stemming from anger if you are so easily irritated, if you're like hostile um, and or if you can tell your reactions or behavior is just a little bit more than it needs to be. You know, like maybe even if somebody does joke or something, but you like, you know, you take it way over here and it's like, whoa, uh, that wasn't necessarily warranted because of like you were saying 
you know, you have all this other built up stuff that's going on. Um, so if you're a ticking time bomb, I think, I think you would know it. Um, if not, think about those things. Yeah, I was about to say, actually, I'm not sure if people do. Hopefully they do. But I'm thinking um, one reason I knew before I started going to therapy back in college, um, when I would drink, I would get real spicy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm real mm-hmm. about that life for no reason sometimes. It's like, yo, calm down. See, like, what's wrong? And so also noticing how you are whenever you're uninhibited a little bit. So if you do start to drink and you always rowdy, you know what I'm saying, there might be some unaddressed anger there. I know I definitely had some. I wasn't always trying to fight, but I was way more aggressive. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because I was reading something about chronic anger where they say, like, you know, if you're that person who, like, you go to the bar, but, like, you kind of hoping, like. <laughs> you hope. I, I used to go out, too, in college, like, I hope that one girl, like, rubbed me the wrong way so I could just be like, Stop. what? <laughs> and just go crazy. And for sure, like, and I used to always be like, yeah, I have aggression issues, like, when I played rugby and stuff. And, like, you know, this is why I would want an outlet. But now I'm thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I never – even though I've always said, like, oh, yeah, I some, like, I can be an aggressive person, but, like, I never thought about it as, like, oh, actually, you just probably have, like, underlying chronic anger. <laughs> um, and, um, ooh, I just lost my train of thought. There was something else that um, you made me think about with that um, and, like, how when you go around places, like, you may be kind of looking for looking for that outlet for aggression. Mm-hmm. Um if I remember it, I'll come back to it. But I think that's a good point, too, for being able to pinpoint. Oh, what I was going to say is that, and now also looking at it and thinking about it, which we haven't really brought up yet, is that a lot of times, too, because you might be like, I'm not angry. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not angry at nobody. Like, whatever. A lot of the time, probably most of the time, it's anger with yourself mm. or um, anger that is stemming from maybe you – not being okay with something that you did or again, kind of tying to maybe some shame or like, dang, like, I don't know if my parents, you know, this or that, Mm -hmm. like a lot of times it can be anger with yourself or like, Oh, I didn't do so well with, um, I'm not doing well at work. And so maybe you're more irritable. Everything has you on edge or whatever. And you're angry, but that anger might be stemming towards yourself. So it's something else to consider and think about when you're trying to pinpoint what's going on. And so, in that same vein, there are a couple ways that anger is typically expressed. So outward is really easy to see. Um, mm-hmm. Easier is for yourself and for other people. If you're expressing your anger, like very like yelling at people, flying off the handle, maybe fighting all the time, or just being real snippy and sharp with people for no reason, like that is easy to see. Mm-hmm. But I like that Lexi brought up inward because that's a little harder to notice because it's inside of your head. It's directed at yourself. It could be negative self-talk or denying yourself things that make you happy. Um, your basic needs such as food are probably on a other scale, but even self-harm um, and isolating yourself from people. Like if you have any of those tendencies, that could be your way of trying to process these, these angry emotions or other emotions that you have going on. Yeah. And I think though, the way you express it doesn't necessarily mean if, if you're angry with you or with other people. Um, but sometimes people are more, um, they are more of a um, isolating person from situations. And perhaps uh, to your point, if you do practice more of like inward expression that you may be trying to punish yourself or like you're thinking like you're not a good person or you have to deny something for yourself. Um, So actually I'll take that back. That probably is a good sign that it might be with you um, that you do have the issue. Um, Another way that we often see people express anger is passively and that's when you're like real subtle with it you're indirect um maybe I put the uh the um 
bathroom cleaner and a sponge on the sink <laughs> instead of being like, so you're just going to leave the whole thing messy. Um, you kind of are expecting people to know that you're angry and like read your mind and they should know to do this or that. Um, and you're kind of sulking. And I think the passive anger, which I, I express that a lot, actually, um, that's probably, I would say, like can be the most hurtful toward yourself as well because it's real, it's really mental as well. And that's just like you're just a salty person. And it sucks to be in that space. Um, and it's really hard, I think, to get out of. Yeah. And it, I think it's some, one of the most difficult ones to deal with because it's like, bro, you would, let's just talk. Let's just talk about what's going on instead of like, we ain't got to do all this back and forth. Um, but thinking about how you do express anger, you know, if you're arguing with your partner or if you feel a type of way with your, you know, uh, coworker at work, if you, you know, doing little sly, slick stuff to them too, and looking at how you express your anger is important. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, so we know how we express anger. We've seen different ways we can do that. Like, how do you know, like, what you're angry about? You mentioned a little bit. You could be mad at yourself. It could be someone else. It's like, how do we find the source of your anger? Like, do you even know what it is? Um, I would say, so the first thing is if you can think about um, what the signs are in your body and how you react, if you can catch it. So the next time, if you catch yourself being a little more irritable with somebody or something that might be less obvious and, like, they made you angry right there. Um, but then think about like, oh, why am I, why am I a little, uh, you know, attitude right now? Like what's kind of going on? Um, well, I didn't like the way she was talking to me. And then you can kind of narrow that down. I think to like, what are you so afraid of? Like having not being seen or heard. Um, I was having a conversation with, um, I ain't gonna call him a friend, but somebody today. And they were talking about how like, yeah, like I'm realizing I'm, I'm super angry, but it's because it's because of my mom. And apparently like their mom had like been abusive to them, like super like never listened to them. Um, always trying to tell them like what they need to be doing, all those things, right? But like super super off. Um, but because of that, they live life see uh, through a lens of like nobody listens to me. Like, why don't you listen to me? So um if I were to be like if they're like, um, uh I want a double cheeseburger. And I say, um, okay, you know that has the two two meats and two cheeses? Then they, like, even just saying something, like, seems like questioning them. Like, oh, nobody ever listened to me. Like, I just, I said I want a double cheeseburger. I, I know what a double cheeseburger is. I want the double cheeseburger. And it's like, whoa, like, it wasn't that deep. But knowing that about them and, like, why, like, I know they had that whole lens behind it that uh, kind of fuels the way they think and see things. It's like, oh, I, I know what things are going to be more sensitive. Um, and I think that's super interesting. And I think that we can sometimes do that with ourselves around like, what is it that we're feeling like what's feeling threatened right now? And what possibly could have brought that up? Like what leads to that? Um, and I think a lot of times it is like feeling un unseen, unheard, even if you want to talk about racism, how people act and all kind of other things, it's like, you feel disrespected, or you feel kind of threatened by um, other people. Um, and so I think that identifying that at least gives you a starting point of knowing like where that might come from. And it's so important because emotions are just signals, right? About what we're going on and how we're really deeply feeling. So 
Um, even in the Gottman Institute, they're talking about in relationships, a lot of times people's arguments are not because they didn't take out the trash, it's because they feel like their partner doesn't support them. So they feel unsupported mm-hmm. or unseen or unappreciated. And you have a desire, like, I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel seen. I want to feel desired. And so if, when you can pause to reflect on that anger, that's when you can identify, like, what it is you're actually wanting. But you're like a kid and you're like, yeah, 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 over here. But, like, what you're really wanting is this. And what is a different, more effective way to get that, which is hard when you're not feeling those things and it's easy to like start nagging somebody or whatever, but like that only drifts people away. And so it's like, how, how can you better communicate what you actually want? You got to figure it out first. So I would say um, take some time with yourself, like shout out to that person for even knowing that's kind of where his anger comes from. Like that's a big step. Um, yeah, child, because I've been new, and I'd be telling people. <laughs> but, you know, you can tell people, we're like, damn, I can see this now. Or, like, maybe I think because of my own journey, too, with therapy, it's like everything so truly goes back to your parents. Um, it's so crazy. And so now it's like uh, even um, I have another friend. I asked him, I was like, did your mom uh, criticize you a lot? <laughs> he's like, and he's like, uh, I don't think so. I'm like, I think they do. Because, but I asked that because I'm like, this this guy's always has something smart to say all the time mm-hmm. as if like nothing's ever good enough. Like, Oh, I see you got a little spot on your shirt or something. Like you always got to call something out. And it's, that makes me think like maybe you had a critical parent who was always like, mm-hmm. do this, do that, make sure that's together. Um, and a lot of times like you can learn a lot about people by kind of understanding, like what are those things that they were always trying to like break through with, with their parents. Um, so yeah, I think all that is fascinating. And it's so funny as much as we, a lot of times, like for me, I was like, I don't want to say that, you know, everything was because of my parents. But the more I'm in therapy, I'm like, oh, damn, most of this stuff was actually because of those things that happened when we were young. Because that's when our brain starts to form. So it makes sense. Or, yeah, or, or it's like it's it goes back to that's how you learn to deal with things because mm-hmm. of that. Like it might not be one thing happened, so you're like this. But like, yes, oh, I learned to deal with things a certain way or I learned to to move like this or that or that because I was trying to be close to you or, you know, have love or whatever it was, which is natural from your parents. So, so I was like, once you, once you know that you might have an anger issue, a chronic anger issue, which I would argue that I think probably a lot of people have um, in different ways from different things, different traumas, et cetera. Um, how do you stop? How do you get okay with this anger issue? Like what are some things we can do to, you know, start to heal it? And in my particular instance, um, I'm sure now that I'm thinking about it, there are probably deeper angers like with myself or with uh, family or people that's like longer, longer rooted. But the one, the thing like this more recent that is like is clearly like triggering and stuff um, that I can identify. I feel like with time and with uh, the practice of things like kind of being aware of the trigger, sometimes you do just need to avoid uh, that person or avoid certain situations where you know that might come up. Um, I know you shouldn't like live your life like trying to avoid everything, but there's some obvious things where it's like, all right, now you need to stop calling that girl. Like every time you call the girl, you get in an argument, this and that happening. Like just you need to just stop. Um, uh, a few other things, but uh, um, and you can give us a few too. But I think I think like sometimes you have to do those practices until with time like you do kind of just move on. Like mm-hmm. when you think about any, especially like past relationships, things like that, past conflicts, it's like, all right, you don't even care about that anymore. Um, so with certain things, I think that time and practice of separating yourself are good. For sure. Another one, 
y'all aren't going to be surprised by this answer, is to have a, um, a consistent self-care routine. You're taking care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It really helps put you in the best space to face anything that's going on in your life, including those underlying anger mm -hmm. issues. And adding on to that, you have to have a healthy outlet for release, mm -hmm. uh, exercise. I've seen people scream into pillows, boxing, martial arts, but it might like breaking mm -hmm. things, but it might Correct not even theme. be nothing crazy, like physical things like that. Like maybe it is a meditation. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the thing that gets you to relax mm -hmm. is a meditation, but it has to be consistent. It has to be something that you like, make sure you put down on your schedule and don't miss to keep yourself regulated. Yeah. I think meditating is the hardest thing to do when you actually are feeling angry. Cause like it, it's hard to, you're already like thinking about that. So it's hard to like move away as much. Um, but for sure, like um, putting your energy into stuff. I think the other day I was, well, this is not, I wasn't angry. I was just kind of feeling kind of down, but like, you know, it's just like, okay, let me go outside, um, get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. Or I'll try to, like, maybe read. So it's like if your brain is, like, reading words. Although I just kept reading the same paragraph, so I was like, this ain't it. <laughs> um, another thing, too, like, with um, with that same conversation, um, where the guy was talking about his mom, one thing that I told I was like, you know what? I could tell. I feel like one thing you could do is that during times of um, – when you're feeling angry. So, like, for example, with parents, because I actually I do this with my parents, too. Um, you know, sometimes, like, as soon as you probably do, too. I think you mentioned this. As soon as you, like, they call or, like, you're in front of them, like, you do kind of your whole body, like, like here we go again. Like, like you, you do kind of get tight already because mm -hmm. you already know, even though it's like, dang, like, I can't. And, and it, that can happen in relationships and in all kind of relationships also, actually, now that I think about it. Like, but that that's, like, what we're talking about. It's like, you, you already tight, and you go in there, and you're like, I'm waiting for you to say something. You know what I mean? That's like, I know you're going to blow me. Like, and, but, but how bad is that to like already be feeling that when it hasn't even happened? And at the same time, I've, I, before in relationships, I know I have, I have tried to be like, all right, I'm just going to go in here fresh. And then they probably going to blow you anyway. But like, <laughs> it just feels better to like try to be fresh. But, but, in the worst situations, like, it's still going to, like, the other day, like, for me, like, like, man, we just chilling, but I'm still, like, just getting mad. Um, so, anyway, all that to say, like, so I was like, man, I bet you, like, get kind of tight when you're, like, in front of your mom off top. And it's like, yes, I know she's going to say something crazy. And it's like, in those moments, I imagine that we probably are reverting back to, like, ourself as mm -hmm. a kid. And I was like, think about, because um, they were also talking about wanting kids and stuff. And I was like, now, nah, you know, you sound like you're trying to fill a void with something, like, or trying to do a better job, or you want something to take care of. And I was like, what if you took care of, like, your inner child, like, in that moment? Like, you probably, in those moments, you feel the most like, ugh, I want to be away from you. I want to have my family. I want to settle down or do whatever else. Is probably showing that you need to give attention to that inner child. And, like, whatever that looks like, whether it's play, like Carly talks about often, or your self-care or um, you're running around or exercise or whatever, I think that's a lot of times what it is. Like, you really got to go back into that space as a kid in that time that you're really acting as, and then, like, how do you do something a little different? Um, so that's something I, I start to think about a little more, too, is, like, who am I acting like right now? Mm -hmm. And, like, let me hop back in a 37-year-old Lex and, like, with everything I know, you know, how would I approach this or act or let it affect me? We have such an opportunity, such a beautiful opportunity. We need to do a whole episode on inner child, um, probably with a therapist, <laughs> but um, on healing and stuff like that, because we do definitely revert back to that. That's our younger brain. That's like the prehistoric brain is the fight or flight or freeze. And so anytime you're in that, you, in fact, your body is biologically in that. And so um, another 
thing that we didn't mention is like just changing your environment. So not just avoiding the people or situations, but like with my mom in our healing process, I had to put up some boundaries because she wasn't respecting them. And that's mm. what like I needed for myself. And it hurt her feelings. And I was like, look, dog, it is what it is. I love you, but I got to love me more right now. And we're cool. But it's like you do have to change your environment until you can heal enough to have that conversation or until people actually respect your boundaries. If you still want them to be in your life or whatever's going on, um, especially with family. I think family is probably some of the hardest things because they've been around for so long. So it's so hardwired in our DNA to like, Ugh. But um, taking that pause and also trying to stay curious. So every time my body tenses up, like when my mom calls or when my stepdad or whoever in my family, I'm like, okay, I do what you do. I'm like, all right, let me just be curious. How you going? How you doing today? How you doing today? It's hard too, it, dog. But we, I be trying. And the more you try, think about it as like you know we've had thirty plus years of reacting mm -hmm. a certain way. It's gonna take some time to undo all of these things. Dealing with anger, dealing with things in relationships, getting triggered, etc. And it is different too when it's like. They might not be necessarily doing that work either. So there's sometimes when it's like, all right, I, you know, like I might know that they're working on things or we've had discussion or whatever. But then there's sometimes where like maybe in this case, and your mom probably has grown and changed in different ways over the years. But like maybe it's like one sided where it is like I'm going in this curious, not they might not have had no work, not doing nothing, whatever. So like that's why it's still you still get blown. But um, yeah, it's different when it's just you, too. It's like even harder. Mm hmm. And then. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. There's not, I don't know. And that sounds like bleak, but I don't know. I'm still in the thick of it. Um, I would yeah. like to hear how. There's a few people who hit me up and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> like you just got so many times to like, if I don't know if you about to just be drinking too much and yelling at for no reason or if this is about to be, hey, how you doing? Like a regular mm -hmm. call. And it's just like, I don't have time to deal with like that. And I just, I need folks to figure themselves out sometime, but. All the time. It's neither here nor there. Yeah. When it comes to to having to deal with other folks, and it's like we have enough issues on our own as well. So it's like I could tell when other people are being angry, and it's like you blowing me. So I don't know. One thing I would say too is like if you're chronically angry, maybe it's it's really I don't know. I think you need to be really considerate about other people too. Because now this is going something a little bit different, but I do have a a person. I wouldn't even call them a friend either, but a person is like. They just be going off and it don't never be about me for real, for real. But it's just like, bro, come on. This is so old. Yeah. And the rejecting. Yeah. Dude. And they help. said with their therapist, they're like, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been seeing this therapist for a long time, but like, okay, I get what the problem is. She's like, I think, I'm, I think I'm sad and this and that. I'm like, cool. But like, so what are we about to do? Like, like stop calling me. <laughs> um, she's like, yeah, I need some actual things to do and figure out. And I'm like, yeah, you need something. Um, but yeah, talk, talk to a therapist. Please. Talk to somebody in support. Some there's there's anger management. Y'all seen Jack Nicholson. That's the most annoying movie ever. Oh my God. <laughs> Why was he like that? Like Good God. I love how in that movie they make you angry watching it. So good. Oh, live it. Um, but yeah, but uh for sure, get some professional help if you if you need to. Yeah, please. Um and, and upkeep and take care of yourself and notice how you are projecting on other people. You know, because people will only stick around for so much of that. And if you really care for them. Work on yourself. So we've done all these things. We got aware of our triggers. We know what's, you know, hurting us or making us upset and how we deal with it. Have our self-care routine and our, you know, healthy outlet. We're doing all the things. We changed our environment, talking to a therapist. How do you know that you're actually healed? Like, how do you, how can you tell when you're past something or through it, beyond it? I don't think I've ever gotten past anything that was a chronic anger in my life. And 
even um, right now, like as you were before you were going through that list, I was thinking like, I don't, I don't know. Like you could do all those things and it's still, it's, it's still, you're still angry. And I think another huge thing is that it has to be filled with something else. And so I think that is where like the self-care part, mm-hmm. and maybe you could figure out what formula you need based on what's going on with you. Um, maybe for me, cause I'm really trying to think like, what would actually really change this? Um, I think it might be more around uh, doing more things for myself or something. I don't know. There's something to fill there. Um, But I imagine that, sure, with time, like, you'll be triggered less. And, again, that comes from, like, oh, you're actually living life. You're enjoying yourself. You're enjoying things. Um, You're moving forward, time, et cetera. And, you know, certain things might not bother you as much anymore from the past. Um, Or you might not be as angry. So I don't know if you're ever completely, like, trigger free on a particular like chronic anger um but it can definitely lessen things definitely don't affect you like they may have before but I think in in a lot of cases it just transfers so let's say this was like an ex and you were super angry and something happened and half the time like okay yes now it's like man I done um my last five boyfriends did this and like you really like it's so hard to like not expect that not think you're seeing that not Mm -hmm. you know to not bring that along it is hard um and yeah that's a that's what this whole episode is about (laughs) I don't I don't really know what to tell you and I think um it's a constant practice so I don't know I kind of hesitate to be like you know you are healed from the anger because that's there it's just figuring out like how do you separate that from me and how do you separate what happened from like what, who I am and what I'm worth and, you know, mm. what I have going on and all of the, those things. I think that's the biggest thing is we keep things too close and it's too personal. Mm. And a lot of times you got to, like, really just practice separating and separating and separating it. Um, so that's kind of something that I would probably try to catch. Or I'm just calling yourself out, too. I've called myself out since since I was all mad the other day. I was like, all right, now I can tell I'm just, like, saying stuff, like, just be petty right now. My bad. Like, I'm just talking shit. Like, oh, that was big of you. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it's still stuff that, that's true. But, like, I could tell I'm just, like, my brain is starting to spiral off on, like, and this, and this, and this. Um, so, like, catch yourself. Call yourself out. Um, and maybe after a while you notice you're catching yourself less. Yeah. I think that's a huge piece. And I like that you mentioned it might not ever go away. Um, I. Yeah. How do you stop being angry about. Well, like, I think. I don't think it's ever. Racism and things like that. I don't think you should. You know, I, I don't think you should. I think you find healthy ways to process and handle that. Um, but I do think that chronic anger hurting you and then also causing you to lash out and, and do mm-hmm. those type of things, like, you can get being past that. Being a hurt that. person yeah, who being, people. Exactly. Yeah, so stopping it from, like, hurting yourself and hurting others. Yeah, you can heal yourself. And I think the ways you notice are, you know, you start to get triggered less. And even when you do, your reaction time comes down. What you used to, you used to ruminate and be upset on, argue in your head for like weeks about, now might take you 30 minutes. You I think about that I mean? video that lady on the bus is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, the things that used to really weigh you down or used to really struggle with, you notice that your bounce back time is like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel better. Like, I, I am now able to separate this from my worth because that's growth, you know, and realize Or that even recognizing that you need to. Is, exactly. It's a big deal. And, like, and so on this okay. healing journey, like, that, I think that's that's the win. Like, that's how you start to mm. notice. Whenever you can actually feel emotions, you know Maybe that's success from. because, yeah, like you're saying, like, being all the way healed and all that is, like, 
I don't know if that ever yeah, happens. Yeah, but I, that's the success <laughs> to just to at least know um, know what you're doing. Yeah, name it, feel it, process it in healthy ways. Um, and if you don't, you call yourself out and you circle back with your therapist or whomever and then get back <laughs> on the path. Like, it kind of is what mm-hmm. it is. But it's just being aware and being fully present with yourself mm-hmm. and forgiving yourself. I think it also takes a lot of self-compassion because we are all human. We be messing up. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I know a few angry people who I can tell, like, over time, it's like, oh, you've you're a little bit different. You've been acting much. Even the person I was talking about earlier who, like, be calling me and it's like, bro, are you about to walk me out? Are you going to be regular today? I don't know. But, like, even with that, it's like, hey, you're, overall, you're much better because it used to be, always be, anytime I hear from you, it's just on some BS. Like, so, yeah, you know, give people grace. Give yourself grace. Um, and be curious and explore and try to understand and discover and process your feelings. Um, it's been so cool to do that because, I, I never did it much in, in most of my life. And as I do that more and more now, I'm like, oh, everything's so easy to navigate um, as far as like, oh, this is kind of how I'm feeling. And then from there, every it starts to kind of melt away or it melts into clarity um, that whatever the actual trigger part is or situation isn't as uh, strong or like doesn't really have as much a hold on you. Yeah, that's that's really the beautiful part in the win because then you're not carrying around all this heavy stuff and projecting on folks. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you just ever want to not be angry again or never feel jealous or never feel upset or insecure, sorry, we're human. So inevitably, that's going to happen. It's about finding healthier ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's find some healthier ways to deal with being angry. Let's address it. Um And we hope you got something out of that episode. Leave us a comment on YouTube, on the post, Mm -hmm. on Instagram, tweet us. um, Let us know what you think. And if you have any ideas or thoughts about anger, we are happy to hear them. Um, We are going to end our show with a question of the week. Question of the week is, Alexia, what is your earliest memory? earliest memory Mm -hmm. I don't know because it's very false when you just know Mm -hmm. like stories that people tell you and pictures that you've seen um one of the earliest memories I remember I guess I would have had to at least been four-ish no more than four probably five or six because both of my brothers were alive I would say maybe something around um Dang, like kindergarten, first grade years. And um, hanging out with my brothers, like how we used to like dress up and and uh, put on shows and do things like that. Um, but also I do remember a couple memories from like elementary school from like uh, kindergarten of like eating paint. I remember being mad at this girl who uh, told on me because I ate some paint um, and eating glue. But I don't think I remember much for real before, like, kindergarten. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny how most of our memories are false, even as adults. Um, but I would say I stepped on a bee uh, when I was, like, three. We were, like, walking to the car, and I was barefoot, and I got stung. Mm-hmm. I stepped on and killed him, and he shot my foot up. <laughs> and I remember that being very painful and, like, screaming. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I also remember uh, my grandpa picking me up from pre-K, like, he would have his little dog, and I would, like, run out in the front yard. Like, those are my favorite things when my grandpa picked Aww. me up. And his big old white Lincoln with his little sun hat and his little pocket square <laughs> and his dog and his suspenders. So, I was like, those are, like, my favorite memories. The other one that I remember for sure was I beat up this girl, speaking of anger, 
heated, mm-hmm. all that. Because she fell asleep on my coat, and it was nap time, and I, and I wanted my coat because I had this really long coat. I really wanted it. And I told the teacher, I was like, yo, I'm girl sleep on my coat. Yeah. And the teacher was like, just let her sleep. And I'm like, no, we're about nah. to nap, and I don't want this towel because it's scratchy. Like, I want my coat. And the teacher said, nah, so I woke her up, and the girl didn't move, and I beat her up, and we got into a fight. And so I got sent to the office. And yeah, I remember what? standing what? in the what? office. And the girl had the the lady who works in the office had a really big booty because I remember mm-hmm. she was just, I was like sitting in this little Don't chair, they all. <laughs> right? And she was just like swinging that thing around. So <laughs> I got in trouble, got in big trouble for that. <laughs> Sorry, Miss April, <laughs> you should have gave me my coat. Yeah, you got a few things you need to process. <laughs> On that note, we're gonna close out for today. Thank you for jo- thank you. Thank you for oh, joining oh, us. That's over the very beginning and the end. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Carly's couch. Bye, y'all. Peace.